Hello, and welcome to the STEM Untapped podcast series. We are delighted that you could join us. Research from Microsoft reveals that having a role model was one of the most effective ways to prevent girls falling out of love with STEM subjects. As all partners at Untapped are female scientists, and many of our clients and associates are female scientists, we felt that we had a unique opportunity to match students with a variety of role models of their choice. This way, students can ask the questions that are most important to them, allowing them to gain access into a diverse array of different STEM careers. In this podcast, the students are going to introduce you to Elisa, who is a consultant paediatrician specializing in the field of neonatology. She currently works at the Neonatal Intensive Care Unit in Cardiff, where she is the clinical lead. So can you tell us like a bit about yourself and like what your current job is? I'm a paediatrician. I'm originally from Holland, so I didn't train in this country. So I didn't go to school in the UK, I went to school in Holland. But the schooling system is very similar. So I sort of did very similar subjects to what you've done. Um, I sort of did all the sciences. And then at a the time I wanted to go to medical school in Holland, um, there weren't enough places in medical school. And there weren't even any sort of entry exams. I literally had to go through a lottery system. They literally pulled notes out of a hat, sort of. And I was unlucky. I didn't get in. So I then started to look further afield and actually went to Belgium. I did all my medical school in Belgium. I sort of knew towards the end that I really wanted to do paediatrics. And there weren't that many job opportunities, both in Holland and in um, Belgium. So that's when I thought, well, let's look a bit further afield. And that's how I ended up in the UK. So I then did all my training in the UK to become a paediatrician. And I'm now working in Cardiff in the University Hospital of Wales. And I work there. So within paediatrics, you can even specialise further. So I've then specialised in the fields of sort of newborn babies. And then at the same time, I've got other roles as well, because sometimes when you think sort of a career in medicine, you become a doctor. But actually, it's a really wide range of things that you can become when you um, become a doctor. So I've sort of worked as a researcher. I work at the university as well and do some teaching at the university. So there's quite a few things I do at the moment. What type of activities do you do every day? Like what's your normal day to day? So my normal day to day is obviously looking after the babies on a baby unit. There's a team of 10 paediatricians, so you can't do it all on your own, obviously, because we need to be there day and night. So there's nurses involved, there's dietitians involved, there might be a speech and language therapist, a physiotherapist. So there's a whole team of people that looks after these really poorly babies. As I already mentioned earlier, there's other things I do as well. So a big part of my role is teaching new doctors that are coming through, sort of teaching them what they need to know to become a paediatrician. I do a lot of teaching with the nurses as well because they need to learn certain things to be able to do their job. And then I also teach to the people abroad that want to learn more about um, what it is to be sort of, um, so my proper name for what I do is a neonatologist. So that's a doctor that specialised in newborn babies. And at the same time, another part of my role is making sure that we learn from how can we do better because we've got all these different treatments that we give these babies to make them better. But then we want to sort of know what can we do better to make their outcome better? Because if you're born really early, it does impact on you later in life. You might have some difficulties going to school and learning. Uh, So what we want to do is give them the best possible chance right at the start when they're born. And that's sort of that's where research comes in. Can you tell us a bit about how you saw STEM subjects when you were our age? 
At your age, I really didn't see the point. <laughs> it's really interesting. I was sort of like, what, what, how is this going to help me? Because I was a bit like you. I, I thought I probably wanted to go into medicine. I wasn't entirely sure. And then I was studying all these things like, what is the point of it? Like, how is this going to help me? And when I look now, a lot of the things I learned, I use now in my day-to-day -day life. Um, so, I mean, maths we use every day because all these tiny babies need medicines and the medicines are based on what a baby weighs. And we've got babies that weigh half a kilo. Uh, so it's sort of a pound. And we've got babies that weigh three or four kilos. So completely different. And all the medicines we have to work out based on their weight. So that's just your maths, day in, day out. But then, for example, when you look at your um, chemistry and your periodic table, at the time, it sort of feels really dry. Like, what am I going to do with all these chemical elements? And I work with them every day now. So all these babies have blood tests every day to make sure their body is working properly. And we measure their salt levels. So we look at their sodiums, potassiums, chloride levels, all these elements that appear in this periodic table that you're not really sure what they mean. I sort of work with every day now. I don't know if you're studying physics as well, when you sort of learn about, I don't know, air flows or waveforms. And at the time I thought, well, how is this going to help me? But day in, day out, we've got babies on breathing machines and uh, we really look at how the flow goes into the breathing machine and into the baby's lungs so that we can breathe for them if they can't do it themselves. Learning in physics about resistance of flow and things like that. And you and it doesn't really mean a lot until you start using it. And now looking back at it, I'm using all these things every day, day in, day out. What kept you involved in STEM when you were at school then? So what I really enjoyed was all the practical elements, because I don't know how you learn these days, but we got to do all these experiments and all the practical elements. And I really enjoyed that. And we'd even go out and sort of do little experiments. Again, I'm not entirely sure how you guys get taught now, but that's what kept me going. And sort of, I guess, having that goal of knowing I do need to do this if I want to go into medicine. It is something I have to do. So even though I don't enjoy all elements of it, sort of having that goal and knowing you want to reach that goal really helped me to keep going. And I'm so pleased I did, because without it, obviously, I wouldn't be where I am now. So, yeah, I think having that goal and, and we'll all know that sometimes there's difficult periods and bits you don't like and then there's periods you really enjoy. So I guess those really help you to keep going. How did you overcome all the barriers, like the hard time? If you really want something, keep that goal in mind and just don't give up. Um, and you might have a week where you really struggle. So talk to other people, see if you can find someone who can help you. What would make you choose STEM subjects like in the first place? You know early on which direction you want to go. It does help to know which subjects to study. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. So have you got any role models? I must say, at your stage, I really can't recall having any role models um, because there was no internet. There was no, well, there was a bit of internet, but it wasn't like as broad. I couldn't really go and look up things like you guys can do now. So I can't really call at your stage having role models. But throughout my career, I've definitely had people that I looked up to or that I thought, gosh, I really want to be like you. In particular, I remember this um, professor that I worked with. Um, she's Norwegian. No, but she worked in the UK 
and she did a lot of brain research in babies. So obviously that's how I've come to be what I am now. And I really looked up to her, but she was quite approachable. So I think if you're looking at role models, find someone that is approachable, that is quite close to where you are and that you can just easily ask questions and say, look, I'm really struggling with this. What should I do? Or, or how did you get to what you are now? So I guess all throughout I've found people, but so many if you, you start looking there's so many female scientists out there that definitely are role models it definitely shows that you can be whatever you want to be i think um especially for girls in stem i think that's really important and do you think it's important for people just starting out to have these role models to look up to to help them Sometimes it's really hard to imagine getting to a certain stage, isn't it? Like finishing your exams or getting into medical school or seeing that next step. But when you meet people who are doing it, it helps you to maybe feel a bit more secure that, yes, you can probably do it. Because I felt a bit like that when I was sort of at your stage. Like, Can I actually do it? Is this something for me? It seems like this amazing thing that people are doing. But sometimes you start to doubt yourself. Like, can I actually do it? And is it for me? So meeting people who are they already doing it really helps for you to hopefully yeah learn more about it and make sure that it is the right thing for you because it's the other thing sometimes you think you want to do something and sometimes it helps you to decide not to do something by meeting someone and that's important to know early on as well isn't it making the right choices and the right decisions because it will set you up for the rest of your career then and for the rest of your life can you tell us like about what working in your STEM career is like and what do you like about it so, gosh, that's a big question, I guess. And we've touched on quite a lot already. So for me, reflecting back on when I was studying all these STEM subjects as a student at your age, and it's sort of not really making sense why I'm studying it and now using it day in, day out. It's just so cool and so fun. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of it's there all the time without you almost realizing like I'm using all these STEM subjects day in day out without even thinking about it yeah it's just really interesting and it keeps um, challenging you as well so I get a lot of students coming in asking me questions so I need to think back like oh gosh what was it again and how do I explain it so that's really interesting Again, coming back to the periodic table, for example, I did a lot of research with one of the gases on there. I can't remember the noble gases. One of them is xenon gas. So at the time, xenon was just one of these sort of special gases on the periodic table. Don't really know a lot more about it. But five years ago, I was involved in a big research study where we gave this gas to newborn babies who were at risk of brain damage. So I learned all of a sudden a lot more about just this one specific gas on the periodic table. And we're trying to work out if this helps babies recover after they've had brain damage to see if it makes them better. You've got all these things that you've learned many, many years ago, and now they're coming back. Is there anything you dislike about your career in STEM? I guess what I didn't know when I started was how long it takes to become a paediatrician. So I sort of painted it a bit. So I went to medical school in Belgium, which was eight years. And then I came to the UK to do my paediatric training. And that was eight years. And then I did research for three years. And then in that period, I also had a baby. So I was on maternity leave for a year. So I was 37 by the time I finally became a paediatrician. And I had friends who'd done completely different careers. So I don't know, someone who'd become a chef who'd finished like when he was 25, he was finished. He was a chef. He had his own restaurant. 
So he had his whole career done by done and planned. And I was still going through the paces, having to do exams. So unfortunately, you have to keep doing exams as you keep going throughout your career. So obviously, medical school have a lot of exams and then pediatric training has a lot of exams as well. And I don't think I quite realised how long that kept going. If you could change anything about your career, then what would you change and why? I've really, really enjoyed it. So I don't think I would want to change anything in particular. I guess maybe being a little bit more prepared for certain things, but that's quite hard because sometimes you only later on realise what it was that you needed to prepare for. And things like what you're doing now does really help and it just didn't exist when I was sort of your age. So I guess for the two of you, definitely keep making sure you stay involved in things like this and just find as much information as you can to make sure it is the right career for you. What I also hadn't appreciated when I first started was how diverse it is. So even you say you're going to go into medicine, it's so diverse. It can give you so many different options. I've got friends who've gone into completely different directions. Obviously, within medicine, we think that, okay, you become a doctor, so either you become a GP or you work in a hospital. But I have friends who now work in drug companies, for example, making new medicines or making new vaccines, which is a particularly hot topic at the moment with the new COVID vaccines, for example. Those are all people that have probably gone through medical school. You don't really think of them as people who've gone through medical school. I've got other friends who've completely gone into education, sort of to do with medicine, but I've sort of got bigger roles in the university. So it's, it's hugely diverse. Um, and I just hadn't quite appreciated it. Um, so I think that's actually quite a positive. It's not a negative. I know we were talking about things I could change, but maybe knowing that at the start would make me feel a bit more secure about going in it because it, it doesn't feel so narrowed and it feels like actually there's all these opportunities even when you decide you go in it you can still go all these different directions. What's like the biggest thing you've ever done the craziest thing have you had a crazy case? I mean kids kids are crazy um, so especially the little ones so they, they swallow all sorts of funny things so I've had all sorts of things that we've had to wait to come out the bottom end so pieces of lego and all sorts that kids have sort of swallowed um, and then you have to give the parents some advice about well just watch what comes out the next day so that's definitely some of the crazier things that we have to deal with. What difference would you like these podcasts to make to any girls listening that are interested in STEM? Definitely give them the confidence to do what they want to do and not be afraid and sort of hear that it is possible. There might be hurdles along the way, but as long as you keep going and ask for help, get people around you to help you and support you, then you'll get there absolutely fine. Thank you for joining another STEM Untapped podcast. If you know of a school or group of students that would like to interview female STEM role models, do get in touch. Likewise, if you know of anyone who would be a great female STEM role model, please do let us know. Our details are all documented in the show notes.